Hello, and welcome to Act 2, which is the reason that the previous, you know, episode slash recording of this was so short, because I was like, oh, we're in Act 2, it has to be its own thing. So, here we go. Act 2, Scene 1. Dream, Privet Drive, Cupboard Under the Stairs. Aunt Petunia. Harry? Harry, these pots aren't clean. These pots are a disgrace. Harry Potter, wake up. Young Harry wakes to see Aunt Petunia bearing down on him. Young Harry. Aunt Petunia, what time is it? Aunt Petunia. Time enough. You know, when we agreed to take you in, we hoped we could improve you, build you, make you a decent human being. So I suppose it's only ourselves we've got to blame that you've turned out... Such a limp disappointment. Young Harry. I try, Aunt Petunia. Trying is not succeeding, though, is it? There are grease smears on the glasses. There are scuff marks on the pots. Now get up and go to the kitchen and get scrubbing. He gets out of bed. There is a wet smear down the back of his trousers. Oh, no. Oh, no. What have you done? You've wet the bed again. She pulls back the covers. This is very unacceptable. Young Harry. I'm sorry. I think I was having a nightmare. Aunt Petunia. You disgusting boy. Only animals wet themselves. Animals and disgusting little boys. Young Harry. It was about my mom and dad. I think I saw them... I think I saw them die. Aunt Petunia. And why would I have the slightest bit of interest in that? Young Harry. There was a man shouting... I'd kava? I'd something... Kabara? I'd... And the noise of a snake hissing? I could hear my mom scream. Aunt Petunia takes a moment to reset herself. Aunt Petunia. If all... If you were really reliving their death, all you'd hear would be a screech of brakes and a horrific thud. Your parents died in a car accident. You know that. I don't think your mother had even time to scream. Lord, spare you the details more than that. Now, strip those sheets, get in the kitchen, and get scrubbing. I don't want to have to tell you again. She exits with a bang, and young Harry is left holding the sheets. And the stage contorts, and trees rise as the dream twists into something else entirely. Suddenly, Albus appears and stands looking at young Harry. And then, right from the back of the room, Parseltongue whispers around everyone, He's coming. He's coming. Words said in an unmistakable voice. The voice of Voldemort. Harry Potter. Act 2, Scene 2. Harry and Ginny Potter's house. Staircase. Harry wakes in the darkness, breathing deeply. His exhaustion palpable, his fear overwhelming. 
Harry. Lumos. Ginny enters, surprised by the light. Ginny. Okay? Harry. I was sleeping. Ginny. You were? Harry. You weren't. Any news? Any owls? Or... Ginny. None. Harry. I was dreaming. I was under the stairs, and then I, I heard him. Voldemort. So clearly. Ginny. Voldemort. Harry. And then I saw Albus in red? He was wearing Durmstrang robes. Ginny. Durmstrang robes. Harry thinks. Ginny, I think I know where he is. Act 2, Scene 3. Hogwarts, Headmistress's Office. Harry and Ginny stand in Professor McGonagall's office. Professor McGonagall. And we don't know where in the Forbidden Forest. Harry. I haven't had a dream like it for years, but Albus was there. I know he was. Ginny. We need to get searching as quickly as possible. Professor McGonagall. I can give you Professor Longbottom. His knowledge of plants might be useful, and... Suddenly, there's a rumble in the chimney. Professor McGonagall looks at it, concerned. Then, Hermione tumbles out. Hermione. Is it true? Can I help? Professor McGonagall. Minister, this is quite unexpected. Ginny. That may be my fault. I persuaded them to put out an emergency edition of the Daily Prophet. Asking for volunteers. Professor McGonagall. Right. Very sensible. I expect... There will be quite a few. Ron bursts in, covered in soot, wearing a gravy-stained dinner napkin. Ron. Have I missed anything? I couldn't work out which flu to travel to. I ended up in the kitchen somehow. Hermione glares as she pulls... As he pulls the napkin off himself. What? Suddenly, there is another rumble in the chimney, and Draco comes down hard, surrounded by cascading soot and dust. Everyone looks at him, surprised. He stands and brushes the soot off himself. Draco. Sorry about your floor, Minerva. Professor McGonagall. I dare say it's my fault for owning a chimney. Harry. Quite a surprise to see you, Draco. Thought you didn't believe in my dreams. Draco, I don't, but I do trust your luck. Harry Potter is always where the action is at, and I need my son back with me and safe. Ginny, then let's go to the Forbidden Forest and find them both. Act 2, Scene 4 Edge of the Forbidden Forest Albus and Delphi face each other, holding wands. Albus Expelliarmus. Delphi's wand flies through the air. Delphi, you're getting it now. You're good at this. She takes her wand back from him in a posh voice. You're a positively disarming young man. Albus, Expelliarmus. 
Her wand flies back again. Delphi. And we have a winner. The two high five. Albus. I've never been good at spells. Scorpius appears at the back of the stage. He looks at his friend talking to a girl. And part of him likes it. And part of him doesn't. Delphi. I was rubbish. And then something clicked. It will for you too. Not that I'm a super witch or anything, but I think you're becoming quite some wizard, Albus Potter. Albus. Then you should stick around. Teach me more. Delphi. Of course I'm sticking around. We're friends, aren't we? Albus. Yes. Yes, definitely friends. Definitely. Delphi. Great. Wizzo. Wizzo. W-I-Z-Z-O. Wizzo. Scorpius. What's... What's Wizzo? Sorry. I phrased it like, what is... Like... I guess because I was confused, it's not an expression that I am familiar with. So I read that line like, what does that mean? And Scorpius definitely is more like, what's going on? Like, Eureka! What's Eureka? Not like, what's Eureka? Sorry, okay. Scorpius. What's Wizzo? Scorpius steps forward decisively. Albus. Cracked the spell. I mean, it's pretty basic, but I was... Well, I cracked it. Scorpius, over-enthusiastic, trying to join in. And I found our way through the school. Listen, are we sure this will work? Delphi. Yes. Albus. It's a brilliant plan. The secret to not getting Cedric killed is to stop him winning the Triwizard Tournament. If he doesn't win, he can't be killed. Scorpius. And I understand that, but... Albus. So we just need to mess up his chances supremely bad in task one. The first task is getting a golden egg from a dragon. How did Cedric distract the dragon? Delphi puts her hand in the air. Albus grins and points at her. Two are getting on really well now. I skipped a page because the next word was just diggery. I did not skip a page. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> Diggory. Delphi. By transforming... My goodness. The turning of the page just messed me up so badly. Delphi. By transfiguring a stone into a dog. Albus. Well, a little Expelliarmus, and he won't be able to do that. Scorpius isn't enjoying the Delphi-Albus double act. Scorpius. Okay, two points. First point, we're certain the dragon won't kill him. Delphi. It's always two points with him, isn't it? Of course it won't. This is Hogwarts. They won't let damage happen to any of the champions. <laughs> Sorry. They won't let damage happen to any of the champions. I... But... If that was the case... If that was truly the case... 
Cedric wouldn't have died in the first place. I see a flaw with your plan. Just a little bit. No! They'd never let anybody die! Um. Yeah. Said Cedric's dead. Let's see. Other Hogwarts students that have died. Um. Moaning Myrtle. She's definitely a ghost because she died at Hogwarts. And that wasn't even a champion thing. And I'm sure those can't be the only two. Like, I'm not saying, oh, I think Hogwarts is riddled with death and that no student is safe there. But it's a bit, it's a bit of a bold statement to be like, no, nothing could possibly happen. Cedric died. Not in the first task, but like, the fact that he died in the third task and no one's like, I don't know, it's a possibility he could die in the first one. Like, Scorpius has a point. But Delphi's definitely acting like no student has ever died at Hogwarts before. I'm like, I can name two off the top of my head. Yep. And I mean, it was only by, like, sheer luck that nobody died in the chamber and with the, the basilisk like we're not even gonna get into that the number of people that almost died because of the basilisk and they're like no no one's ever died at hogwarts people have definitely died at hogwarts and almost died at hogwarts and like <sighs> sorry continuing on this is Hogwarts. They won't let damage happen to any of the champions. Scorpius. Okay, second point. Far more significant point. We're going back without any knowledge of whether we can travel back afterwards. Which is exciting. Maybe we should just try going back an hour, say, first, and then... Delphi. I'm sorry, Scorpius. We've no time to waste. Dude, you don't even have to go back a whole hour. Just be like, hey, let's go back like five minutes. Yeah. I agree with Scorpius again. Sorry, continuing on. Delphi, I'm sorry, Scorpius. We've got no time to waste. Waiting here this close to the school is just too dangerous. I'm sure they'll be looking for you and... Albus, she's right. Delphi, now... You're going to need to wear these. She pulls out two large paper bags. The boys pull robes from them. Albus. But these are Durmstrang robes. Delphi. My uncle's idea. If you were in Hogwarts robes, people expect to know who you are. But there are two other schools competing in the Triwizard Tournament. And if you're in Durmstrang robes, well, you can fade into the background, can't you? Albus. Good thinking. Hang on. Where are your robes? Albus. Sorry. Albus was just speaking. Delphi. It's the fact that Delphi says Albus that threw me off. Okay. Uh, Albus said, hang on, where are your robes? Delphi. Albus, I'm flattered. 
but I don't think I can pretend to be a student, do you? I'll just keep in the background and pretend to be a... Ooh, maybe I can pretend to be a dragon tamer. You're doing all the spell stuff anyway. Scorpius looks at her, and then at Albus. Scorpius, you shouldn't come. Delphi. What? Scorpius. You're right. We don't need you for the spell. And if you can't wear student robes, you're too big a risk. Sorry, Delphi. You shouldn't come. Delphi. But I have to. He's my cousin. Albus? Albus. I think he's right. I'm sorry. Delphi. What? Albus. We won't mess up. Delphi. But without me, you won't be able to work the time turner. Scorpius. You taught us how to use the time turner. Delphi is really upset. Delphi. No, I won't let you do this. Albus. You told your uncle to trust us. Now it's your turn. The school is close now. We should leave you here. Delphi looks at them both and takes a deep breath. She nods to herself and smiles. Delphi, then go. But just know this. Today, you get an opportunity few are given. Today, you get to change history. To change time itself. But more than that, today, you get the chance to give an old man his son back. She smiles. She looks at Albus. She leans down and gently kisses him on both cheeks. She walks away into the woodland. Albus stares after her. Scorpius. She didn't kiss me. Did you notice? He looks at his friend. Are you okay, Albus? You look a little pale. And red. Pale and red at the same time. Albus. Let's do this. Act 2, Scene 5, Forbidden Forest The forest seems to grow bigger, thicker, and amongst the trees, people searching, looking for the missing wizards. But slowly, people melt away until Harry is left alone. He hears something. He turns to his right. I don't know why the Lion King just popped into my head. Just everybody look left. Everybody look right. We're searching for Scorpius with Elvis by his side. Sorry. Okay. Um. Uh, Harry turns to his right. Harry. Elvis? Scorpius? Elvis? And then he hears the sound of hooves. Harry is startled. He looks around for where the noise is coming from. Suddenly, Bane steps forward into the light. He is a magnificent centaur. Bane. Harry Potter. Harry. Good. You still recognize me, Bane. Bane. You've grown older. Harry. I have. Bane. But not wiser, for you trespass on our land. Harry, I have always respected the centaurs. We are not enemies. You fought bravely at the Battle of Hogwarts, 
and I fought beside you. Fame. I did my part. But for my herd, in our honor, not for you. And after the battle, the forest was deemed centaur land. And if you're on our land, without permission, then you are our enemy. Harry. My son is missing, Bane. I need help finding him. Bane. And he is here, in our forest? Harry. Yes. Bane. Then he is as stupid as you are. Harry. Can you help me, Bane? There's a pause. Bane looks down at Harry imperiously. Bane. I can only tell you what I know. But I tell you, not for your benefit, but for the benefit of my herd. The centaurs do not need another war. Harry. Neither do we. What do you know? Bane. I have seen your son, Harry Potter. Seen him in the movements of the stars. Harry. You've seen him in the stars? Bane. I can't tell you where he is. I can't tell you how you'll find him. Harry. But you've seen something? You've divined something? Bane. There is a black cloud around your son. A dangerous black cloud. Harry. Around Albus? Bane. A black cloud that may endanger us all. You'll find your son again, Harry Potter. But then, you could lose him forever. He makes a sound like a horse's cry. And then he makes hard away, leaving a bewildered Harry behind. He begins to search again, now with even more fervor. Harry. Albus! Albus! Act 2, Scene 6. Edge of the Forbidden Forest. Scorpius and Albus round a corner to be faced with a gap in the trees. A gap through which is visible... A glorious light. Scorpius. And there it is. Albus. Hogwarts. Never seen this view of it before. Scorpius. Still get a tingle, don't you? When you see it? And revealed through the trees is Hogwarts. A splendid mass of bulbous buildings and towers. From the moment I first heard of it, I was desperate to go. I mean, Dad didn't much like it there, but even the way he described it... From the age of ten, I checked the Daily Prophet. First thing, every morning, certain some sort of tragedy would have befallen it. Befallen it. Certain I wouldn't get to go. Albus. And then you got there, and it turned out to be terrible after all. Scorpius. Not for me. Albus looks at his friend, shocked. All I ever wanted to do was go to Hogwarts and have a mate to get up to mayhem with, just like Harry Potter. And I got his son. How crazily fortunate is that? Albus. But I'm nothing like my dad. Scorpius. You're better. 
You're my best friend, Elvis. And this is mayhem to the nth degree, which is great. Thumbs up great. It's just, I've got to say, I don't mind admitting, I am a tiny bit, just a tiny bit scared. Elvis looks at Scorpius and smiles. Elvis, you're my best friend too, and don't worry, I have a good feeling about this. We hear Ron's voice from off. He's clearly in close proximity. Ron. Alvis? Alvis. Alvis turns towards it, scared. Alvis. But we've got to go. Now. Alvis takes the time turner from Scorpius. He presses down upon it, and the time turner begins to vibrate and then explodes into a storm of movement. And with it, the stage starts to transform. The two boys look at it, and there is a giant whoosh of light, a smash of noise, and time stops. And then it turns over, thinks a bit, and begins spooling backwards, slow at first, and then it speeds up. Act 2, Scene 7, Triwizard Tournament, Edge of the Forbidden Forest. 1994. Suddenly, everything is a riot of noise as a crowd consumes Albus and Scorp- as a- sorry. Okay, so you need to understand that whenever the characters' names are written, they're in all caps, and when it is, like, descriptors versus being, um, dialogue description is all in like italics and so if i pronounce names weird in the middle of reading descriptions it's because it's italicized and in all caps and my brain keeps thinking that i need to put emphasis on it when reading it and that's not the case <laughs> So it just comes out sounding a little weird. Well, to me at least. Okay. Suddenly everything... Suddenly everything is a riot of noise as a crowd consumes Albus and Scorpius. And suddenly, the greatest showman on Earth... Quote-unquote. His words, not ours. Which is in parentheses. Is on stage. Using sonorous to amplify his voice. And... Well, he's having a ball. Ludo Bagman. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you the greatest, the fabulous, the one, and the only Tri-Wizard Tournament. There's a loud cheer. If you're from Hogwarts, give me a cheer. There's a loud cheer. If you're from Durmstrang, give me a cheer. There's a loud cheer. And if you're from Povetons, give me a cheer! Which I feel the need to point out is in all caps and bold. There's a slightly limp cheer. Slightly less enthusiastic from the French there. Scorpius, smiling. This has worked. That's Ludo Bagman. Ludo Bagman. 
And there they are, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I present to you the reason why we're all here. The champions! <laughs> Sorry. Mr. Grand Champion! Because <laughs> Pajama Sam will never die. Um... Sorry. Representing Dermstring. What eyebrows. What a gait. What a boy. There's nothing he won't try on a broomstick. It's Victor Crazy Crumb. Scorpius and Albus, who are really getting into playing the Dermstring students now. Go, go, Crazy Crumb. Go, go, Crazy Crumb. Ludo Bagman. From the Bovatons Academy. Zutalors, it's Fleur de la Cour. There's some polite applause. And from Hogwarts, not one, but two students. He makes us all go weak in the knees. He's Cedric Delicious Diggory. The crowd goes wild. And then the other. You know him as the boy who lived. I know him as the boy who keeps surprising us all. Alvis. That's my dad. Ludo Bagman. Yes, it's Harry Plucky Potter. There's cheering, particularly from a nervous-looking girl at the end of the crowd. At the edge of the crowd. This is a young Hermione, played by the same actress as plays Rose. It is noticeable that the cheering for Harry is slightly less than that for Cedric. And now, silence please, all. The first task. Retrieving a golden egg. From a nest of, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I give you dragons. And guiding the dragons, Charlie Weasley. There are more cheers, young Hermione. If you're going to stand so close, I'd rather you didn't breathe on me quite so much. Scorpius. Rose? What are you doing here, young Hermione? Who's Rose, and what happened to your accent? Alvis, with a bad accent. Oh, God. What are the Durmstrang students supposed to sound like? Are they... Are they Russian? I think they're Russian. I don't want to have to do a bad accent. I can't do a good accent, but I also don't think I can do a bad accent. Like... Accents aren't my area of expertise unless I am actively, like, mimicking something. Like, parroting a specific phrase. Because then, I know the inflection that I'm supposed to mimic. Oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do as Elvis with a bad accent. Of all the dumb things that I have done, I have sang or sung on this podcast, and I'm sitting there going, I can't do a dumb accent. I can't do a bad accent. This is the bit that I find embarrassing. This is the bit that I'm going to struggle with. The number of songs that I've sung and weird tangents that I've gone on, and this is where I falter. Okay, so, in order to not focus as much on doing a terrible accent, 
we've gone to Google and to the Harry Potter fandom Wikipedia page for information on the Durmstrang Institute. The Durmstrang Institute is a wizarding school. It is located in the northernmost regions of Norway or Sweden. Don't think I can do a Swedish accent either. All I think of is Swedish chef, and that's bad. <sighs> Durmstrang has, however, taught students from as far afield as Bulgaria. Uh, I can do none of these accents. Is Durmstrang Russian? other people also ask Uh, is Durmstrang real um okay I should just get on with it and do my stupid accent, but I'm totally stalling because I don't want to do it. Elvis with a bad accent. Sorry, Hermione. He's got you mixed up with someone else. Young Hermione. How do you know my name? Ludo Bagman. And with no time to lose, let's bring out our first champion. Facing a Swedish short snout, I give you Cedric Diggory. A dragon roar distracts young Hermione and Albus readies his wand. And Cedric Cedric Diggory has entered the stage, and he seems ready, scared, but ready. He dodges this way. He dodges that. The girls swoon as he dives for cover. They cry as one. Don't damage our Diggory, Mr. Dragon. (laughs) (laughs) See, I can do that. And I just spent, like, a solid, like, three minutes avoiding one line, because I was like, I can't do an accent. But I'll do the Gary, Gary, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. Yeah, I'll do that voice. Uh, Scorpius looks concerned. I mean, me too, Scorpius. Um, Scorpius. Albus, something is going wrong. The time turner. It's shaking. The ticking begins. An incessant, dangerous ticking. It's coming from the time turner. Ludo Bagman, and Cedric skirts left and he dives right and he readies his wand. What has, what has this young, brave, handsome man got up his sleeves now? Albus, extending his wand. Expelliarmus! Cedric's wand is summoned to Albus's hand. Ludo Bagman, but no, what's this? Is it dark magic or is it something else entirely? His wand is flying away. Cedric Diggory is disarmed. Scorpius. Albus, I think the time-turner... Something's wrong. The time-turner's ticking gets louder still. Udo Bagman. It's all going wrong for Diggers. This could be the end of the task for him. The end of the tournament. 
Scorpius grabs Albus. There's a crescendo in the ticking and a flash. And time is turned back to the present, with Albus hollering in pain. Scorpius. Albus, did it hurt you? Albus, are you... Albus. What happened? Scorpius. There must be some limit. The time-turner must have some kind of time limit. Albus. Do you think we've done it? Do you think we've changed anything? Suddenly, the stage is invaded by all side, from all sides by Harry, Ron, who now has a side parting in his hair and whose wardrobe choices have become rather more staid. Ginny and Draco. Scorpius looks at them all and slips the time-turner back into his pocket. Albus looks at them rather more blankly. He's in a lot of pain. Ron. I told you, I told you I saw them. Scorpius. I think we're about to find out. Albus. Hello, Dad. Is something wrong? Harry looks at his son disbelievingly. Harry. Yes, you could say that. Albus collapses onto the floor. Harry and Ginny rush to help.